0: You know, it, it's funny. I want to tap into local broadcaster Joe Buck because I think the bulk of who I'm going to talk to is going to be those local guys. You know what I got to feel just a little bit? I think when I did a spring training game and Tom Hamilton came over from the Indians booth, excuse me, the Guardians booth, and he's like, Matt, how are you? Tom Hamilton. <laughs> and it's really and said, good. That's a he good said,
1: Tom Hamilton.
0: Uh, what, tell me about your team. T- tell me about your ball club. And I've now had this with a bunch of different local broadcasters just for a moment. They don't realize that I'm just some jamoke who's getting a shot. But this is what you do. At the beginning of a series, you check in with the booth next door and you're like, all right, tell me about the team. And so there I am running down the entire Cubs roster. Well, this guy is that. This guy is that. Like those kind of social interactions. I know we can all do game prep, looking at looking stuff up. But you—that's that, what a vital part of game prep. And I think young broadcasters should realize: talk to people, mm. have conversations with people. This is how you learn the real stuff.
1: No, I agree. It's it's the other broadcaster from the other side. It's, I, and I don't know how it is anymore. Really. Post-pandemic, I hope to God it's gone back to the way it was, and I assume it has. I think it has for the most part. But the batting cage time, oh, when yeah. guys are hitting and, and you get a chance to mill around. Now, there are some stadiums like St. Louis, they didn't care. You could, you could stand up and basically lean on the batting cage, and if you got your face close enough to it, you could take a foul ball off your face it, with the net in between the ball and your face. Chicago, I feel like they kind of protect L.A. They protect a little bit of that ring around the batting cage. But back in the day when I was doing it, that's when you got the best information. You could talk to the hitting coach of the other team. You could introduce yourself to the kid that's coming up. You could you know, lay eyes on in, in the Cardinals case, Jordan Walker, who's 6'5, 220, and 20 years old. And it's like, yeah. good God, the b- b- baseball players don't look like that. Like Aaron Judge standing next to him. Yeah. And you can bring that onto the broadcast. Like, I, I had a chance to visit with Aaron Judge before the game. He's six seven. I mean, it's. I looked up at him the entire time, and he couldn't be a nicer guy. And yeah, here's a two two. It just color. It's coloring the broadcast and bringing personal knowledge in instead of just what you read on the internet.
0: Let me give you one from the cage when I was a kid at Emerson in Boston. And I got my first press pass, and I was able to go stand behind the cage and it was the tigers so it's like Mickey Tettleton and Rob Deer and Jack Clark was on the Red Sox at the time and I, I, Tom Bernanski these yeah. just beasts these beasts of men um and we're we're taking BP and just the ball was flying and I I asked Jack Clark nervously like could I could I talk to you for a minute and so I'm like standing there and I'm like uh, so yeah, that's pretty neat. I huh? like you guys standing around and like, hitting home runs <laughs> and stuff. And, here, and Clark looks at me and he goes, are we going to do this f- interview or what? <laughs> oh my God. That's I, great. I so deserved it. I was, com- you know, I was completely bemused. Um, yeah, that,
1: but that's, I don't know. I mean, I grew up. I have had plenty of uh, interesting interactions around the batting cage, and I had one with Ken Griffey Jr. That, and it does kind of relate to the local stuff. But he's taking batting practice, and you know, after every round, he's kind kind of get out and and look at me and glare at me, and I could just feel that he was dying to say something to me. And then next round, he got out and he went up to my broadcast partner, Mike Shannon, who he knew, and he was kind of looking at me and. And I basically, by the end of his round of his time in the batting cage, went up to him and was like, hi, Ken, I'm Joe Buck. And he, he goes, and I had done like the world series a couple of times. This is whenever he had just been with since made the move over to back to Cincinnati, his hometown. And he said, uh, I got something I want to say to you. I was like, okay. I I said, clearly, I keep watching you look at me with this side eye glare and, uh, he goes, my wife, she can't stand the Reds announcer, so she listens to the other team's games, their broadcast when we're playing on the road, and uh, she was listening to you, and you said last night that it looks like I don't ever smile anymore, and and that the best thing about Ken Griffey Jr. back in the day was the the ear-to-ear grin and the hat backward and a guy who looked like he was having the time of his life and uh, and you said I don't I don't smile anymore. And I, before I could answer, he goes, "Well, well let me tell you why. I, if you get traded back to to your hometown, and everybody expects this, and everybody I've had death threats, and I've had blah blah blah." And I was like, "Well, okay, isn't that kind of what I said that you don't so you don't look like you're having fun mm. anymore?" And he goes, "Tonight, I'm gonna give you the biggest shitting <laughs> and grin you've ever seen in your life." I was like, all right. And 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 by the end, we were talking, and he was great. And so I go up to the booth. He's hitting third, now batting, center fielder, Ken Griffey Jr. He leaves the on-deck circle, I swear to God, takes two steps, stops, looks up to me, who he just met, in the Cardinals TV broadcast booth, gives this ridiculous smile up to me, <laughs> and then walks in and goes for his first at bat. I was like, that was the most odd, great thing that I've ever experienced.
0: Oh, that's so good. That's so good. There, there's so much there, right? Like yeah. the human level of just kind of being sensitive as we all are on, on about whatever it is. Everybody's sensitive. Yes. And, and, and also just like the... Um, the fact that that sometimes people forget these 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 are dudes with gravitas and confidence, you know? And as a broadcaster as you're walking around and navigating that, people might think of you as the big deal. But you got to deal with that. I remember the first time I was in the White Sox clubhouse and Ozzie Guillen was looking at me. I thought he was going to destroy me with his eyes. That is a confident and strong human. And you got to be the cock of the walk to, to be successful in the game. Yeah. No,
1: it's, it, it can intimidate. And, and I think the more you kind of stand up to that, and it's not combative, it's just like, okay, I see you. Yeah. But I'm still going to ask my hard question. Good. And it's still going to be a fair question. And it's still like I remember my first year that uh, Tony Larusa came to the Cardinals in '96. I was just telling the story to Todd Stottlemyre. I happened to be on a flight with him three days ago from Arizona here to St. Louis, so we were talking about uh, 1996 and and Game One. You know, we'd been through all the spring training, but I I had heard that by the time Tony left Oakland he was doing his daily pregame radio show by himself. Like the, he didn't want the play-by-play guy, whoever that, I don't know who that was, to ask him questions. So they would leave the recorder in his office and he'd sit down, grab the mic, turn it on and go, well, you know, yesterday we, la, 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 la. And, and he would do a minute and a half of a soliloquy and not, field any questions so i walk into his office and he couldn't have been nicer to me and you and i've talked about him a hundred times but i said uh hey tony's like hey uh you know and then i made the mistake of going hey tony how you doing i'll tell you 10 o'clock you know it's everything It was like everything was about the game but i i walk in and i said i know we're supposed to do this radio show this daily radio show do you want me to ask you questions or do you just want me to hand you the recorder and then i'll just take it back up to the booth and
0: that's we'll respect. Play. You did the yeah, research. I, said, the I, I don't know.
1: We've never talked about this. I don't know. And he goes, uh, why don't we why, why why I'll I'll let you ask me questions today. We'll see how that goes. And then tomorrow is a new chapter. <laughs> like I was on a I was on an audition for for game one. I was like, Hey Tony, well, uh spring training's behind us, and now here we are at Shea Stadium playing oh, the Mets." and uh i passed the test i got to ask him questions the rest of the year so Uh, but but that's the thing you need to kind of go okay here we go and take a deep breath and and know that you're prepared and uh and and have some fun man i feel like fun is is a four-letter word and something you're not supposed to have anymore on the air and and i don't know if that's the you know, the social media end of it. But it's like anytime you try to have fun, if you want to mm-hmm. go to the social media, you know, there'll be plenty of people there to try to smack you back into the middle lane and back into Boringville. But you just kind of <laughs> have to put up with that.
0: Uh, you, you passed the one day contract uh, with Larissa. Yes, I, I love that.